0: back to another episode of Bully Ball, episode 6. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by the wonderful, the famous Steph Sanchez. Steph, the 49ers are in first place. How does
1: that feel? It it feels wonderful. And just a couple weeks ago, we were like looking at the Seahawks schedule, right? And we were wondering, well, could they lose any of these games? I think it's going to be tough. And just a couple weeks later, the 49ers are in first place. So look how things happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, I sort of counted this Raiders game as a win for them. But shout out to the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, you guys know how to blow double-digit di- leads. You guys know how to help the 49ers out. So so I think that's what we're starting to figure out about this. And, yeah, it does sort of feel like the Seattle Seahawks, certain teams are like the Giants, are starting to just come back to the pack. And I think, again, our whole approach with patience, the team's going to figure it out. Their, their schedule's going to open up. It's kind of been aging well at this point, especially with the 49ers now, four straight. and Steph, let me ask you a question, though. Does every single win that the 49ers have, does it have to be pretty?
1: I don't think so. And in fact, I think, you know, wins that aren't pretty, like you need to be able to win those if you're going to be, you know, one of those top teams. You need to be able to win any kind of way. And I think that was a huge development for this team because... You know, I gave them a lot of flack early in the season for not being able to win games unless things went perfectly to their plan. And I assume that plan is always to just run the football first and foremost, you know, and get themselves to those third and shorts. But they've been kind of forced out of that for two weeks in a row now, and they're kind of leaning into this uh, and throwing the football more on first downs even, and they're finding ways to win like this. And I, I warned people that this Saints defense was not gonna be a walk in the park. I think a lot of people were just assuming that, oh, it's the Saints, they don't have a good record. They must Their defense must not be good either. But it's not as bad as their record would indicate. And they did have some reinforcements coming back on that defensive line. So I was kind of expecting the offense to regress a little bit. In this game, that ended up happening. And look, I I do have to give some props to Jimmy Garoppolo too because he took a lot of hits throughout this game, and he was able to stick in the pocket. You know, there was pressure all day. Um, he took several helmet to helmet hits in the first quarter, even, and those didn't get called. And so, you know, he hung in there. He still delivered some throws. He threw it 37 times in this game. Uh, but he did have a 70.3 completion percentage technically statistically he hasn't thrown an interception in four straight games right i mean we could still celebrate that that streak is still alive even but. though I, yeah I, I know i know it's all right uh, it doesn't count it's fine. Penalty, it didn't it didn't count so yes this was an ugly win but if we're being honest uh, you know i feel, felt like some penalties killed some of the drives um, I think it was obvious this team was tired from the past week, short holiday week, uh, it, you know, a lot of travel, um, and a lot of light practices this week. So all in all, like, I came away very impressed with how the team was able to rally and get this win despite things not being perfect.
0: Yeah, I think that's the sign of a good team is finding different ways to win. Things are not going to go as as planned usually in this league, those guys on the other side get paid as well. I think the New Orleans Saints came out and kind of knew what was right in front of them with the Bucks losing earlier in the day, still having a chance to grab a hold of their division credit. Dennis Allen credit the the defense for the Saints. I mean, Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan returning. That was a huge lift. I think they, they played an amazing game. Couldn't have asked for anything more. If you're asking that defense, you know, to, to do what they did. And I think 49er fans have a bit of PTSD, with Saints players hitting and talking and and hitting their quarterback and hurting their quarterback because of the whole bounty gate thing and I do think the the buck kind of starts there doesn't stop there starts there is that is that how that works whatever Jimmy Garoppolo is a tough son of a bitch man. He really is. And I think we can get rid of that narrative that was out there because of the way that he played through things at the end of the year last year, because of the way that he stays in the pocket and takes those hits. And, you know, he gets his knee wrapped up and everyone audibly gasps because if he goes down then so do the 49ers chances to have any sort of playoff success or, or any success, really. I mean, again, I don't need to tell you guys, I don't want to see Brock Purdy play football. So yeah, I mean, I do want to give credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think that that's deserved. Now, some of the things that you're pointing out as far as what the offense is going through is some of the things that have been happening throughout the season, right? Like, you know, you get these spikes in efficiency and in conversion rates and all those things in these last few weeks, and then kind of comes right back. And I guess that's where we should start with the offense is the red zone struggles. So the 49ers score one touchdown. They get two field goals. One one red zone sequence in particular has people, I guess you know, the all twenty-two clips are out there, has has people discussing. You know, there's a there's the play where Jimmy Garoppolo throws to the to the pylon and it's to Juwan Jennings and Christian McCaffrey is running free on the other side. I would argue that while I don't know what's being taught out there in the quarterback room or how it's supposed to be read. I wouldn't be so quick to just point out and say, well, Christian McCaffrey's running wide open. Why didn't Jimmy throw him the ball? Right. Like, and that's not me saying that anybody is particularly wrong. I'm saying that a lot of people don't know what the progression is. Is it right to left? Is it pre-snap designation? Like, is he is he allowed to pre-snap look at it? But the red zone struggles are back stuff. And and it just happened in this game. Some of it has to do with the Saints, some of it has to do with execution. The one, the mm-hmm. other red zone opportunity that I think was a little bit more magnified was the fourth down, which, hey, Kyle Shanahan went for it on fourth down. I love that.
1: We love to see it.
0: I love that. I love that for him, and I love that for my sanity as well, too. Now, when it works, you're a genius. When it doesn't, you're like, what the hell were you doing? But I will say that I feel on that play where Jimmy Garoppolo got sacked for a one-yard loss where he tried to pick it up on a touchdown, You have to give credit to the Saints because they were all over that. Steph, what's a make of the red zone struggles for the 49ers that kind of returned in this game?
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it. They only had the one touchdown, 33% of their red zone visits they they scored. Um, But they're still 15th um, in the league on the season, which is not terrible. It is middle of the pack. Uh, you do hope to see that improve. I think it will improve. I mean, you mentioned to it just seemed like there were some missed opportunities there. Um, and so I don't expect that to continue every week. I mean, yeah, the Saints defense did a tremendous job. Uh, And so I understand the frustration and the worry because this has kind of been the story throughout the season, but I'm still choosing not to panic about it. I I think they're going to improve on this. The Saints defense was tough. 13 points in this game was enough to win. I mean, even three points would have been enough to win. (laughs) But as you said, a couple weeks ago, the playoffs don't start tomorrow. Right. And so as we, as we know that, yeah, maybe scoring 13 points, you know, under 20 points a game isn't going to be enough, maybe in the playoffs. We also know that there's a pretty long way to get there still. So let's be patient because they have a few weeks to to figure this out and to get things rolling. And I still have faith in them that they'll be able to do that.
0: You know, another thing too, Steph, is there's a discussion. I got asked this question on Twitter How many points do the 49ers need to win games? And I didn't mean for this response to come off snarky condescending my response was more than their opponent whether that's three whether that's seven whether that's 13 wins are wins okay this isn't college this isn't the ncaa you don't get style points for putting 56 up on hawaii and then moving up in the rankings wins are wins you get them how you get them and it does not matter now if you want to use that to draw a larger discussion as to where you can project teams going and I think we'll talk about that a little bit later on in terms of strength of wins and who you have beaten. You can only play who's on the schedule. I don't care how many points they have to score, provided they score more points than the opponent. Another thing that kind of been popping up on Twitter, obviously, the 49ers had some injuries in this game. Jimmy Garoppolo said he had a sore knee at the end of the game. Sounds like he avoided something serious. I don't like hearing that either. You know, Christian McCaffrey was working through something all game. Elijah Mitchell. MCL sprain again. Doesn't sound as serious as the first time. We still are recording this right now at 5.11 Eastern time, my time. So we haven't heard Kyle Shanahan elaborate on what the timelines are. Spencer Burford got injured in this game as well, too. But there was a large discussion after Elijah Mitchell went down that kind of turned right back over to Jeff Wilson. And trust me, this is not the last time that we're going to mention Miami Dolphins running backs. If you know, you know, we'll get to that a little bit at the end of this. But the whole idea that people were victory lapping or or victory lapping their take. They're not victory lapping the injury. They were victory lapping their take of you shouldn't have traded Jeff Wilson. Well, I want to point out some things real quick. Jeff Wilson has to be to be traded. The 49ers obliged and did good by him because they care about him. Also, Elijah Mitchell was on their way back on his way back. For people that said, well, you don't have to oblige the trade. So who do you get rid of? Your third round pick running back? Jordan Mason, who's valuable on special teams? Or do you flip Jeff Wilson, who is going to leave for nothing next year and get a fifth-round pick, where, by the way, the 49ers have been very successful. George Kittle in the fifth round. Talanohu Funga in the fifth round. So I feel it's good business. And if you had to do that choice again, 10 out of 10 times, you do it again. Steph, what are your thoughts on Jeff Wilson now that there's another injury to Elijah Mitchell?
1: yeah i think uh me and you are completely on the same page about this you know i think it's okay to have thought the 49ers shouldn't have traded wilson you know i know many people feel that way i'm not one of those people but i understand the sentiment and that being said to run to twitter to victory lap your stance before they even confirmed elijah mitchell would not return to the game was just distasteful you know and and let's just get this straight let's look at the facts At the time of the McCaffrey trade, the 49ers had a ton of talented running backs. I mean, you mentioned this, all of whom would be snatched up on waivers had they been subjected to it. So why give away one of your running backs essentially for free, likely to a bad team, by the way, when you know you have to get rid of one of them? after the McCaffrey trade. And you have one in Wilson who basically volunteered as tribute, he basically requested to be traded. Uh, and I called the trade a win-win-win because it, it was good for all sides. All I think all, you know, Wilson, the 49ers, the Dolphins all came away happy with the situation. And I still stand by that. Yes, Mitchell is probably gonna miss some weeks with his MCL sprain. Again, we're still waiting to hear uh, you know the timetable on that but at some point these young guys jordan mason tdp they're gonna have to you know step up and you know we've been excited about those guys too so i'm excited about mason these last two games on closeout duty he's looked pretty great uh and just yesterday he had five carries 25 yards five yards per carry average so i mean i i think w- without jeff wilson jr being traded away would have never gotten the opportunity to see as much of Jordan Mason. And I know we're excited for that. So, you know, I I think to just go back and and pound your chest about this is just distasteful.
0: I 100% agree. Love to see Jordan Mason there. And you also have to understand roster construction. Jeff Wilson offers you nothing on special teams. Jordan Mason has been active every single day since he's been on the 53. And he's been a special teams guy. Now... Look at him, 5 for 25, closes out the game. Probably, dare I say, the best running back this week for the 49ers, running the football, closed the game out. And what I mean by closed the game out is the New Orleans Saints knew exactly what Jordan Mason was doing, what the 49ers were trying to do, and they couldn't stop it. That's the Jordan Mason we saw in the preseason. That's the Jordan Mason we saw at training camp. And that's what we're excited about. Again, you can... Unde- I can understand your thought process. Jeff Wilson's the most effective runner. Why would you get rid of him? But when you look at the draft capital, you need to get some back. You traded a bunch for Christian McCaffrey. You don't have a first round pick. You're going to get a third round if Jimmy Garoppolo signs somewhere else next year. I'm not going to say when because I have no grasp on what's going on with this team. And who knows? Anything can happen. Anything will happen. But yeah, the idea that you want to keep Jeff Wilson when he doesn't want to be in a insurance policy role anymore because he has been playing so well, because he wants to play, because he wants to feed his family, because he wants another deal. I completely understand that. And the 49ers did good by him, by moving on from him. Need I remind also, too, this is not a victory lap. Jeff Wilson got injured yesterday in Miami also. So the funny thing is, while 49 ers fans are lapping up this stance, did you forget that Jeff Wilson has been regularly banged up, even when he's been here? And the fact that he has been used sparingly was the reason that for many stretches he was available. So if you start to use him more, you start to get to that. There's gonna be more about that in a bit because there were some comments out there, and I'm sure you guys know. But it's good to see Jordan Mason. I'm sure we'll see some more Ty Davis Price. You invested a third round pick. Let's see it. Okay. But enough about this offense stuff. I think the story. What everybody's here for, the defense. You can sit there and you can lap up the opponents. You can look at who they've played, right? You can say, well, the Rams have no weapons. They're trash. They are trash, and they're gone, by the way. Ha, ha, ha. The Chargers, you know, didn't have receivers. The Saints aren't exactly an offensive juggernaut, but Steph, six quarters in a row of shutout football, no Points allowed in the second half the entire month of November, and that's not going anywhere. I, I I'm running out of ways to describe this defense. Um, I posted a stat graph in terms of where the 49ers are, in terms of their their averages close to the NFL average, they clear almost every single average. I don't care who's in front of you. I know that what the 49ers are doing right now is hard to do and very special. Steph. My goodness, man, this team, this defense makes me want to run through a wall. I
1: promise you. Oh, for sure. And not only did the 49ers keep their second half shutout streak alive, but they also ended the Saints uh, not being shutout streak. Uh, they, They had gone 332 straight games without being shut out, and the 49ers snapped that streak yesterday. In fact, the last four times the Saints have been shut out has been against the 49ers, and that, that's insane. So I, I'm sure, you know, who that nation or whatever they call themselves are are hating us right now. But, I love, you know, this, for, <laughs> yeah, I love we, the city
0: of New Orleans, but my <laughs> goodness, it is really good to laugh the Saints fans. I'm sorry, keep going.
1: No, so the defense, first in points per game, first in yards allowed per game, First in rush yards per game allowed, first in yards per rush, first in first downs per game, first in pass touchdowns allowed per game. And like, okay, so the the keys of this game for this defense for me was stopping the Saints run game first in Kamara and Taysom Hill, because to me, like that's one of the. I don't want to say like threats, but that's who they like to run their offense through. Both Kamara and Taysom Hill that really gets them going. And Olave, of course. Um, and I also mentioned taking advantage of the turnover opportunities because the Saints, going into this game, they ranked 30th in giveaways per game. So I, I knew, given the fact that things were going to be tougher for the offense, okay, the defense was going to have to do their part and and try to take advantage of those opportunities. Taysom Hill, only 20 total yards. Kamara, only 50 total yards. And they forced the two fumbles on Kamara. And all day, they were bending, but not breaking. And that's kind of been the story of this defense pretty much all season. I'm not sure you could have asked for a better performance from this defense, especially when it mattered most. Nick Bosa getting the team's only sack of the day, but getting it on such a crucial fourth down And he now has 11 and a half sacks on the season. Fred Warner was all over the place. He had a pass breakup. He had three run stops, quarterback hit. Um, He was just incredible. And he also forced one of those uh, fumbles on Kamara. And he's just been playing out of his mind this season. And, you know, we've, I think we've become so accustomed to these kinds of games from Warner that I think a lot of us fail to appreciate it at times, but my God, you know, take a moment to thank your lucky stars that your favorite team has this man because he's just a difference maker in every way for this defense.
0: Absolutely. First of all, stat of the day, Nick Bosa is the fifth player since 2000 to have, recorded a sack in nine of his first 10 games that is 22 years Ooh. nick bosa pretty good at football right i just want to run down fred warner's stat line in this game to accentuate steph's point. point five tackles two assists seven combined quarterback hit two pass defenses forced fumble literally filling the stat sheet and doing everything that is possible Guarding your tight end, guarding your number three guy, and carrying him up the field before he can get passed off. Making impact plays, firing to the ball. And we do kind of lose sight of the fact that he is this good. Something that just came out today. And I know that Pro Bowl voting, whatever it is, shouldn't really matter because it's a fan thing. Fred Warner is number eight Pro Bowl voting inside linebacker. Number eight? Number eight? So there's seven? Other linebackers that have more votes than Fred Warner look, Pro Bowl is a popularity contest, and the 49ers won't be playing in the Pro Bowl because they'll be playing in the game the next week. So, I don't care, but come on! Uh, I, I, all that to say, all that to say, I don't care, but also to say, come the hell on, man. Some quick notes, too, real quick about the defense, just to give you guys the idea. The 49ers are allowing 283.9 yards per game. The NFL average is 342. That is nearly 60 yards under. They are averaging 81.1 rushing yards per game allowed. That is almost 40 yards under the NFL average. They are 9.55% of the time on per pass attempt getting a sack. That is 2% above the NFL average. I don't care who's in front of you, what this defense is doing is special. I know we said it last week, but I'm gonna say it again. Enjoy D'Amico Ryan's while, he, while he's here, man. Like, like seriously, enjoy this defense because what you're watching, and I feel better because it feels it feels like it aged pretty well. When I was asked about this defense 2012, 2019, I said this defense. And I said, The main reason that I would take this defense is because of D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, God bless you, man. Enjoy where you're going to be next year. You are certainly a head coach. Go get that bag. And the 49ers continue to be farm systems for everyone else. Speaking of coaches that took another head coaching job from a 49ers. Steph, there's a little matchup with the Miami Dolphins here. And this kind of goes back to the point that we were talking about where people are kind of using strength of wins against the 49ers to aid their argument. And let's face it, the 49ers have faced one top five offense, the Kansas City Chiefs, and it didn't go very well. I would argue a lot of that was blown coverages, the defense being on the field too long, you know, just out of sorts. I think you take that game and all those numbers that I cited earlier are with that Kansas City game. So imagine if you limit that Kansas City game to just half of those points. Like, imagine realistically where this defense would be. But Mike McDaniel, the Miami Dolphins are here. And we get to choose whose revenge game is it. Mike McDaniel, River Cratecraft, Trent Sherfield, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Now, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, they were interviewed by, I believe it's Tyler Doon. Dunn, I'm sorry if I got the name wrong. Dunn or Dunn, however you however you pronounce it. And Raheem Mostert made comments about the 49ers rushing him back from injury last season and him refusing to do that and prioritize himself. And he said that he's played with some talented teams, but they're, they're more talented over here. And then he said, we have a quarterback who can actually sling it. Steph, I'm gonna get your take first before I give mine, but that obviously is going to send shockwaves through 49ers Twitter, and it just heightens all of the narratives and all of the discussion around this game. Like it, it is completely turned over to Miami week now on Monday, right? Like usually on Monday, we're here just talking about. The, the win before. It's like everybody's already tossed that game out. Don't want to talk about it anymore. Everyone wants to talk about this one. It is an electric matchup against a very high powered offense. Prodigal son coming home. Can the 49ers do it? Steph, what are your what's your take on this the whole Raheem Mostert comments and, and everything that came out?
1: Uh, well, I just thought it was funny he tried to walk it back on Twitter and and call it clickbait in that he didn't dog Jimmy Garoppolo in the interview. But man said, we have a quarterback that can actually sling it. I'm not sure what context you can add to that that makes that not sound like a slight to Jimmy. And I saw, like, the, I didn't read the entire article. Okay. I will admit to that. But I did see, like, the excerpt you know, screenshots of that one particular part of the article. And there was no context around that that made that seem any better. So I don't know what he's talking about there. But. It's just an unnecessary thing to say. I mean, yeah, he, he's probably not wrong, but like, good for you, man. I And I still respect Raheem Moser. I only say that because I've seen fans take this as an opportunity to say some nasty things to Moser, F Moser, and, and just all of these things. And I also remember fans talking crazy and sending him death threats after he got hurt. Um, so you know, maybe he does feel a little jaded about that too. Um, You know, of course, fans don't take a lot of responsibility for the things that they they say and how, you know, players actually see those things. And it does affect maybe how they feel about their time with the team. But anyway, I do have news for him about the fact that, you know, he he felt away about the 49ers being upset that he elected to take surgery, the season ending surgery. And I'm not here to argue whether the 49ers were right or wrong in that regard, but I do have news for him. There are 31 other teams in the NFL who would have probably reacted the same way as the 49ers because at the end of the day, this is a business and they're in the business of, you know, trying to win games. And so, yes, they're. There is a selfish aspect to this NFL business, unfortunately, um, but it's just the way it is. And so including the team that he is on, by the way, I'm sure the Dolphins would have also been upset if they were in the same situation, because let's not forget the Dolphins put their starting quarterback in harm's way, subjecting him to what can only be described as a traumatic brain injury. And so... Yeah, I I think that that comment was a little rich. But the we-have-better-talent-here comment, that's debatable as well if we're talking strictly on the offense. The 49ers have better talent, but you could make the argument that the Dolphins are getting more out of their talent so far this season. But look, if I'm the 49ers, I, I simply put this on the bulletin board and i get ready for sunday where the pass can do the talking and it seems like the 49ers players are ready to do that i mean debo samuel spoke up about it uh he tweeted you know raheem be real with yourself um also said something uh
0: if you think that you're going to run all over us
1: yeah the, so you know the these guys already know what's up they have they've heard all the headlines um maybe they've even read the article themselves and they're pumped for this game. And you you can't have a better, I guess, lead up to the game than this, because it really gets players going and want to go out there and prove Raheem and the Dolphins wrong.
0: As far as Raheem most comments about the 49ers rushing him back, I wholeheartedly agree with you that the 49ers are trying to get the most out of your body. And this is what makes me so pro player all the time, right? Pro player. In terms of when you're not useful to anybody anymore, they're just going to get rid of you. So I understand both sides of the argument. The 49ers mm-hmm. want a return on their investment. And let's not be, let's not lie. The 49ers are the ones who jump-started Raheem Mostert's career. The reason that Raheem Mostert was able to get a second contract is because the 49ers stuck with him. Okay, And then I understand Raheem Mostert saying, you know what? I don't want to play with a hole in my knee. I do want to get a next contract. You should. Look out for yourself because you have to take care of your family. I am always pro player because when this league chews you up and spits you out, you're left with nothing. Nothing. So, again, make as much as you can, right, when it comes to that. As far as the talent thing, 49ers have a better tight end. They got a better um, offensive line at this point. Teron Armstead is going to miss this game. I don't even think that's really debatable at this point. Okay. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Close your ears, 49ers fans. I would take both of them over Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Okay, okay, you got me, okay. Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, I I think is better than Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. I mean, i.e. why Jeff Wilson's not here anymore and Raheem Mostert, I mean, at the same time. And for the Tua Jimmy thing, this is where my gripe comes in. There's ways to praise your quarterback because you're not going to put down your quarterback. You're not going to say, oh, my God, well, you know what, man, I miss Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm stuck with this guy. You're not going to say that. I understand that. But to say, man, this guy can actually sling it. If you didn't even mean that, you allowed it to be open up to interpretation in this way. And that's your fault, Raheem. That is your fault. And I read the article. The question was asked, what makes this offense go? We have a quarterback who can actually sling it. What's getting me is the actually. Actually sling it sounds like a slight. At Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's something that's not going over well on YouTube as usually things don't go over well um, on my shows. I don't see too many differences in terms stylistically of the way that Tua and Jimmy Garoppolo play football. Let me explain and make sure you listen to all of this before you start running to the internet and telling me Jason said that Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Tua Tungavailoa. I will say this. Tua has a higher ceiling, and the only reason I say that is because I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo's ceiling, and we know what that is. We don't know what Tua's ceiling is right now, but what Tua's being asked to do is exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo's being asked to do. Facilitate, be the point guard, get the ball out on time, throw it to your playmakers with yak and space. There is not much difference between either of them. They don't like throwing the ball deep. One thing I will say that Tua has an advantage on Jimmy Garoppolo, he throws a deep ball better. But in terms of what he's being asked to do, in terms of their game, they are literally mirror images. One guy, we just haven't seen a ceiling, and he has weapons that Mike McDaniel is just moving around with the shiny toys. The other guy is the guy that you are molding the game that you're trying to give to Tua in terms of operating the offense. That's the problem I had more than anything. Not the problem about the about what he said about the uh, you know training staff. Not no problem with what he said about the talent around him. Fine, say all those things. But when you say Tua can actually sling it, how can that not be perceived as a slight against the guy that took you or you guys went to a Super Bowl? Let me let me slow down. Went to a Super Bowl together with. And to me, if you know Tua and Jimmy are asked to do the same exact things distribute the ball get it out on time make sure Tyree gets in his stride maybe two is doing that better than he is right now but here's a number that I thought was pretty funny Jimmy Garoppolo took over what midway through week two Tua a of low, missed games right because of the concussion that you brought up he has about 200 more passing yards than Jimmy Garoppolo does now how many games is it that the 49ers are trailing all those things that context cool and someone brought up to me, well, did you see the Dolphins didn't have to play in the second half? Cool. Not everybody can face Kyle Allen and the Houston Texans every single week. I'm fairly certain if the 49ers faced the Texans while Kyle Allen was starting, that game would be over at halftime as well. My point is, is this on this rant. Tua and Jimmy are asked to do the same exact things. Actually sling it? Sure. It's, it's, it's negligible. It's like, it's marginal. What he is doing over Jimmy Garoppolo at this point, because they're asked to do the same thing. Steph, you could just talk because I just like yelled a whole bunch.
1: <laughs> you gotta, you gotta clear your throat now. Yeah. Drink some tea, drink some, Jay. Drink drink some, some tea. yeah, drink <laughs> some water. <real> quick, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, obviously, we know that this kind of set the stage for this matchup. I mean, the stage had already been set, I think, with the fact that Mike McDaniel is the head coach now, formerly of the 49ers, of course, and so. Now with this added fire to the matchup, I'm really excited. But the question now becomes, because we know how you know, prolific of an offense this Dolphins team has been. If you want to use that word, maybe that's a little dramatic. But, you know, they,
0: they're, they're among
1: the top. Yeah, they're potent. They're one of the top offenses in the league right now. I think that's safe to say. And the question is, could the 49ers offense keep up with that? And I'll just say that in their last three games, the Dolphins have averaged 34.7 points a game, which is would be the most in that span, okay, last three weeks. And this 49ers defense against this Miami offense, it looks like an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object a little bit, right? And I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, well, we kind of had the same situation a few weeks ago against the chiefs. We know how that went. Jay. I mean, you mentioned that some of that, the blown coverages, I think there were some injuries The 49ers were still coming back from as well. It, they just, they were all out of sorts, but I think in this game with the way that this defense is playing, I feel pretty good about it. Yes. The threat of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is real because Yes, uh, Tua is is a better downfield thrower, so that threat is real. And they account for nearly half of the Dolphins passing touchdowns this season, both Hill and Jalen Waddle, So they're a huge part of this offense and a lot of their success. And they don't turn the ball over a lot. So, you know, their margin for error is is pretty low. So, yes, this offense is good. The 49ers, they're better than the 49ers offense at this point in time, but I would say the Miami's defense is an equalizer in this game. They're pretty middle of the pack. They're 19th in points allowed per game, 25th in touchdowns allowed per game, 15th in first downs allowed per game, 26th in opponent completion percentage allowed, and 22nd in passing yards allowed per game. And, oh, like you mentioned, Jay, turn Armstead, their left tackle, won't be available in this game that is sure to have an impact uh for that offensive line who i think their offensive line is you could say is not the best either so i think the 49ers yeah they're mid so the 49ers i think have a chance here the dolphins are not the chiefs i don't care what anyone says they're not on that level so i I don't think it. they've put a lot of fear in me yes the 49ers offense is going to have to score more than they did last week but As I just mentioned, the Miami defense is not as good as the Saints defense. So the opportunities to score are going to be there for this team.
0: Yeah, if there was ever a game for the 49ers to have long drives to keep the offense off the field and score touchdowns, you're not going to beat the Dolphins with field goals. This is it. This is your chance to do that. Um, explosive plays while you'd like to have them, I don't think are something that Kyle Shanahan is necessarily always interested in. And that's a point of contention with many people won't argue that. But if the 49ers are able to sustain drives eight minutes, 10 minutes, but punctuate them with touchdowns and not field goals and keep that offense on the sideline, keep your defense fresh. Yeah, the 49ers have a shot here. They really do. I mean, spoiler alert, I'm going to go out on a limb. The 49ers are going to win this game, I think, and they're going to win it. On the back of their defense being fresh off the field, like like not being forced out there, but their offense being able to pretty much do what they want to do, you know, at certain points. Again, the defense was aided last week. Kyle Allen was throwing the ball right to defenders. I mean, look, Kyle Allen is not good, right? Like, again, so don't be blinded by last week. Don't look at the game and say, well, Tua t- didn't play in the second half. Nobody did. The game was over because the Texans are terrible. Like, they're they're not good. And that's fine. But at the same time, the 49ers have the formula to get it done. Let's not forget, man. You know who's going to get more hype for this game than anybody? Kyle Shanahan. You know what Kyle Shanahan wants to do? He wants to get rid of his student. I mean, Lafleur, McVay, McDaniel. It's your time now, buddy. It's your time. Don't tell me that this game wasn't circled for the 49ers. Do not tell me that this game was not. And the same for Miami. That's what makes this game so fun. Now, look. It's fun because of all these storylines that we've been able to draw up. The content's going to be fire this week. We're going to have a lot of fun going back and forth. And 49er fans, prepare yourself. The Dolphins fans are descending upon us. They are some <laughs> of the... If the 49er fans travel to games, the Dolphins fans travel on Twitter. And they're going to be everywhere on you guys. So just make sure you're available for this like, and you're ready. But this is a game that with all the storylines, it's an AFC opponent. The 49ers have to handle business with mm-hmm. NFC opponents to keep seeding, tie breaking, all those things, more importantly in the NFC West. But this is a good lit- litmus test for this team, right? You're going to face better offenses when you get to the playoffs. You're going to face better offense as your schedule opens up, which brings me to the last point. Do the 49ers need to beat playoff teams for them to be validated in your eyes or in fans' eyes in terms of, because there's still a large discussion right now. Well, who have they beaten? Well, they've only beaten. They haven't beaten a playoff team. Spoiler alert, the Seattle Seahawks are a playoff team, regardless. I think they're going to find a way to squeak in. They've done enough early enough. So they're a playoff team. But do the 49ers need one of these trademark wins, staple wins against the Dolphins before people really start to believe in this team? Or is everything just pretty much based off of what this defense is doing against, let's just face it, subpar offenses?
1: Um, I mean, I think absolutely you need one of those trademark wins. And realistically, you're not going to be every team on your schedule but you have to be able to prove if you if you have hopes of being a playoff team that you could beat a playoff team and three of their next four opponents are above 500 they face three other teams above 500 to this point and they're two and one against them seahawks chiefs one loss to the chiefs of course and the chargers and because of the way the chiefs game went I think the 49ers do kind of need this game for validation, right? Um, the Dolphins, are the, on the other hand, they're two three against above 500 teams, um, and and you said it. This game isn't as big in the scheme of you know conference, uh, you know playoff contention because it is outside of the conference. But I think we find out a lot about these teams in this one and how they might fare come playoff time because. I do kind of feel like even the Dolphins might just be, you know, getting a two getting too ahead of themselves a little bit. And so it's gonna be a good measuring stick for both sides. But yes, to answer your question, I do feel like the 49ers need this win for validation and to know that they could be a unquestioned playoff team.
0: Yeah, it would be really nice to kind of put everyone on notice, like, okay, you've been firing on all cylinders. You have these all-world receivers that are very fast. One thing I want to point out, too, is, you know, Mike McDaniel is going to get a lot of credit right now for this. And there's still – this is the biggest part, too. This is going to be the the most fun discussion. Is Mike McDaniel the secret sauce to Kyle Shanahan's offense? Why isn't Kyle's offense clicking with this way when they have all these playmakers? I would like to remind people, it's about 65% scheme, 35% your personnel. It's very easy to get things going when Tyreek Hill is running by guys and he's 10 yards wide open and tour just has to get the ball in his zip code and get it to him. Um, with Waddle, the same thing. Most of it fits perfectly like with what they want to do. Get outside, right? Jeff Wilson's that bruiser in between, right? All these things fit. All of them fit. But now the large discussion and the 49ers can squash all that out is by using their all-world defense. D'Amico Ryans is going to be up to the test. They are gonna have they understand a lot. See, this is gonna be the interesting chess match. Mike McDaniel knows what the 49ers want to do on defense. Yeah. Demico Ryans knows what the what the Miami Dolphins want to do on offense. What's gonna be the chess match here? Like how like how does this move? Does D'Amico have the upper hand? Does Mike McDaniel have the upper hand? So it makes this game so interesting. This is most this is what the most fun game, I think, this year so far. I think, in terms of lead up to the week. Now we've got these Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson comments, all those things. By the way, Jeff Wilson didn't really say anything crazy in uh, in his his portion of the interview. He said all the right things. Felt like Jeff was ready for the moment. Knew exactly what he wanted to say. I love those guys. They're very talented. That's one of the most talented teams I've ever been around. Happy to be here. Happy to compete. That's it, right? Gave very political politically correct answers. Smart. But this game has no shortage of narratives, storylines. Anything like that. And that's what's going to make this so much fun. And again, we get to see some familiar faces. All of those guys that I named earlier on. Stop tweeting mean things at Raheem Mostert. Let the 49ers take that and put it on the bulletin board as if they needed more motivation. Not knowing that they knew this game was coming up on the schedule. I don't give a damn what anybody says. The 49ers knew this game was coming up on the schedule. And trust me, the whole coaching staff and his team has this thing circled. That should do it for this episode of Bully Ball, episode six. Make sure you're subscribed to the Niners Nation Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcasts. Make sure you drop that five-star review, and we will read it on here, good or bad, no matter what you have to say. Follow me on Twitter, JasonAponte2103. Follow Steph on Twitter, Steph49K. For Jason, for Steph, we're out of here.
1: Peace.